Hey there, welcome to Sam's Podcast, the home of truth, life, love, and music, and where we keep it all about Jesus Christ. Today we are going to delve on a guest post posted on Sam's blog entitled A Man Worthy of a Wife. This post was penned on the September the 21st, 2021 by Sam Gatana. Thank you for tuning in. I'd love that you enjoy this piece and I hope that you are blessed by it. All right, let's get to it. First subtopic, building the rare strength of Boaz. If you search scripture for examples of godly marriage, you may be surprised just how rare they are. Even couples that shine in some respects, I mean Jacob and Rachel, Abraham and Sarah, David and Abigail, such couples often have glaring indiscretions or outright failures. The Bible gives us plenty of teaching about marriage, but very few actual marriages to imitate. That makes a love like the one between Boaz and Ruth all the more beautiful. Of all the marriages in the Bible, is any more commendable than the brief glimpse we get of this righteous son of Judah and his Moabite bride? When Boaz found his future bride lying at his feet in the dark of night on the threshing room floor, he said, Now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask. For all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. This is drawn from Ruth chapter 3 verse 11. Through her fierce loyalty, her undaunted courage, her Godward dependence, and her submissive initiative, Ruth had proven herself a worthy woman, worthy of respect and admiration, and worthy of a husband's devotion. As we wander through the worthiness of Ruth, however, we meet a man of equal worth. The kind of man a woman like her could trust and follow. Uh, Subtopic number two, dating oak trees. Now, in holding up Ruth and Boaz as a model bride and groom, it should be said that we only get five verses describing their actual married life together. That hails from Ruth chapter 4 verse 13 to 17. This brevity may, however, strangely accentuate the lessons from their love for today. For marriage, yes, but all the more for the pursuit of marriage in dating. We can assume a great deal about who Boaz and Ruth were in marriage because of what we see of them before they were married. Scripture holds up Boaz and Ruth as a man and woman 
worthy of a lifelong covenant. As the kind of people a godly person should want to marry. Their love reminds us of a vital and unpopular piece of wisdom. Who our significant others are before marriage will be, in significant measure, who they are in marriage. Many foolishly marry unworthy men or women, hoping the altar will somehow make them worthy. The wise know that vows alone cannot alter anyone's character. This quote says, Who our significant others are before marriage will be, in significant measure, who they are in marriage. You can take note of that. Let's continue. Oak trees grow from acorns, not thorns. None of us is as worthy when we marry as we will be years into marriage, and some unworthy spouses will be wholly transformed by God after getting married. But generally speaking, an unworthy boyfriend will prove to be an unworthy husband, and an unworthy girlfriend, an unworthy wife. While God may sometimes miraculously raise an oak tree out of thorny ground, we should not wed ourselves to thorns, but wait for God to bring an acorn, a worthy man or a worthy woman, a Ruth or a Boaz. So for any woman in search of her acorn, what makes Boaz a man worthy of a woman like Ruth? Subtopic number three, a truly worthy man. The first time we meet Boaz, we are prepared for the kind of man he will show himself to be. Ruth chapter two verse one says, Now Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. End of verse before Ruth and Boaz even see each other, we are told that this man is a worthy man. A man worthy of trust and respect who will act honorably in any circumstance, care for those entrusted to him, and protect the vulnerable rather than take advantage of his wealth or power for selfish and sinful gain or pleasure. For a truly worthy man is as worthy in secret as he is when others are watching. And Boaz was such a man. Subtopic number four, a protecting man. The worthiness of Boaz begins with how he cares for Ruth, a vulnerable widow far from home, even when there was no benefit in it for him. 
when he meets her in the field he says to her this is ruth chapter 2 verse 8 to 9 now listen my daughter do not go to glean in another field or leave this one but keep close to my young women let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them have i not charged the young men not to touch you and of us having only just met her he immediately took responsibility for her well-being he made sure as far as it depended on him that no one would harm her and he didn't wait for something to happen in the field but went to the men fast and charged them not to touch her good men are vigilant enough to foresee what threatens those under their care and they are courageous enough to do what they can to thwart those threats so do the men you want to date or marry protect the women around them do you see them making proactive efforts to guard women especially single women from danger or harm one way a man can demonstrate this worthiness in dating is by clearly expressing his interest and intentions or lack thereof instead of indulging in ambiguity and flirtation does he leave a trail of confused and wounded hearts behind him subtopic number 5 a providing man this commitment in boas to protect is will is welded to a lifestyle of provision men who will protect and provide for a wife well in marriage are men who protect and provide for others outside of marriage now listen my daughter he says to ruth do not go to glean in another field or leave this one but keep close to my young women and when you are thirsty go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn ruth chapter 2 verse 8 to 9 he saw a hungry woman and made sure she had something to eat he saw a thirsty woman and made sure she had plenty to drink He did not like so many men would ignore the need before him or assume someone else would take care of it or make excuses about not having enough for himself but gladly and quickly stepped in to provide Now most single women are not gleaning a neighbor's field for their next meal so does that make this quality in Boaz irrelevant for today Certainly not Worthy women I beg your pardon worthy men are providing men in any context and they notice and anticipate the needs of their particular context as you watch the men you might marry do you see them overflowing their time their money their work their attention into the needs around them or do they seem to do just enough to provide for themselves 
Is this the kind of man that will not only make enough money to put food on the table, which is important, but will also consistently, even if not perfectly, provide for you and your family through prayer, through listening, through effective planning and communication, through teaching and discipline in parenting, through opening God's word with you? Is he the kind of man who provides gladly from a renewed heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion? Subtopic number six, a kind man. The care and protection Boaz showed Ruth were both expressions of unusual kindness. When Naomi hears how Boaz received Ruth gleaning in his fields, she says, May he be blessed by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Ruth chapter 2 verse 20. Note this, good men are strong, courageous, and hardworking, but they are every bit as kind. And like today, his kindness stood in stark contrast with many of the men around him. People were not surprised when men were selfish or harsh or when they took advantage of women. Why else would Boaz have to order his men not to touch her? But Boaz was not like those men. He was strong enough to provide, tough enough to protect, but also kind enough to care, to sacrifice, to love. Good men are strong, courageous, and hardworking, but they are every bit as kind. The Lord's servant must be kind to everyone, Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. They must be kind because God says so, yes, but also because they have been drawn under the waterfall of his kindness, drawn from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7. Kindness is who men of God are because they know where they would be without his kindness. Friends of ours wisely chose this verse for their wedding text. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. If you know it, that is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Is the man you might marry capable with God's grace and help? of this kind of kindness, tender-heartedness, and forgiveness? Has he been humbled and softened by the devastating kindness of God? Subtopic number seven, a redeeming man. The worthiness of Boaz, like the worthiness of any husband, is a worthiness of reflection. 
the glory of Boaz is a light reflected from the sun, the Christ who would one day redeem his bride. When Ruth approached Boaz, she said, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. Ruth chapter 3 verse 9. At that time in Israel, a kinsman redeemer was a relative who paid to redeem a family member from servitude or to buy back land that had been stolen or sold or forfeited because of poverty. Please emit the word stolen. It was either sold or forfeited because of poverty. You can see that in Leviticus chapter 25 verse 23 and verses 47 to 49, same chapter. Boaz was not the closest redeemer, but he was the closest one, willing to marry the widow and perpetuate her husband's line. Ruth chapter 4 verse 5 to 6. And so Boaz declares for all to hear, Ruth the Moabite, the widow of Mahlon, I have bought to be my wife. Ruth chapter 4 verse 10. He redeemed her from her grief and poverty as a picture of how Christ will eventually redeem sinners like us from a far worse fate. The worthy Boaz rose to fulfill the charge Paul would one day give every Christian husband. And it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 to 27. Subtopic number eight, a blessing union. As is the case with any good marriage, the blessed union between Boaz and Ruth almost immediately spills over in blessing to others. First came their son, Obed. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And he went into her, and the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. That is Ruth chapter 4, verse 13. We don't hear much of Obed's story, but I can only imagine the immense blessing of being raised by such a father and mother. We do see, however, how their marriage blessed Ruth's mother-in-law. The women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a Redeemer, and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. That stems from Ruth chapter 4, verse 14 to 15. When Naomi arrived in Bethlehem, she said, Do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. Ruth chapter 1, verse 20. But through Ruth and Boaz, 
her mourning was turned to dancing. Death and despair had given way to new life and hope. What the Lord had taken, he had returned, and far more through a healthy, overflowing marriage. Most importantly of all, though, the fruit and blessing of their love will spread much farther and much wider. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Ruth chapter 4 verse 13 to 17. And through David we now know the Christ. A redeemer fathered the redeemer, whose wings will shelter the nations. Their union, eventually, produced the seed that will crush the head of the serpent, as put in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. And while our faithful marriages will not bear another Messiah, they can breed and spread the redemption, healing, and love our Redeemer bought for us. So, as you pursue marriage, look for a spouse that will help you build a blessing marriage, not just a blessed marriage. A marriage so happy in God that it spills over to meet the needs of others. This article was originally penned down as part of the Desiring God article outputs by Marshall Segal. Marshall Segal is a writer and managing director at DesiringGod.org. He is the author of Not Yet Married, The Pursuit of Joy in Singleness and Dating. He graduated from Bethlehem College. Let me take it again. He graduated from Bethlehem College and Seminary. He and his wife, Fai, have two children and live in Minneapolis. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. I hope you have been edified. Um, Sam's blog shares that feel free to use and share with us articles that have inspired you and we may as well feature them on here at Sam's blog. And so I am blessed personally by this um, article, by this post. It's such a timely article or piece of writing in the season that I am in. And I hope that it is the case for you in whatsoever season that God has seen it fit for you to be in at this moment of listening. Thank you so much for tuning in to Sam's podcast. This is Sam's podcast, the home of truth, life, love, and music, and where we keep it all about Jesus Christ. Feel free to reach out to us via various social platforms, Sam's podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and at Podcast Sam on Twitter. You can write to us via either of those DMs or reach out to us via email at samspodcast at gmail.com. That is samspodcast at gmail.com. And we shall be sure to reach out back to you with such joy and with such um, anticipation um, because you really, really make our <laughs> our days. Yeah. And so thank you so much. Um, this was so lively still reeling in um, from all that I have gotten from it. I hope it has been a blessing to you as well. Um, well, we're going to see each other on the next post. Uh, keep it safe. Keep it locked right here on Sam's podcast. And may God be with you 
in your season of relationships, be it dating, be it singlehood, be it marriage, and even if it is beyond marriage, we know there are some seasons, good and sad. But all in all, God is sovereign and he is able to see us through every season as it comes. A tag along a friend on the next one. Listen in with your Bible study um, guides and uh, with your Bible study friends, yeah? <laughs> and on and on. And may you feel free to share this to your friends, to your family, to people who might benefit from listening to this podcast and so many other episodes we have in store. Thank you so much. I do not want to take much more of your time. See you on the next one. Bye-bye.